Hello and welcome back to the Bee Church Podcast. I'm Eric Swanson. I'm Jenny Edwards-Bertrand. And in this podcast, we hope to address the leadership needs of the local church. This week, we're coming to you from the Ivy Lane Bakery here in Bloomington, Illinois. Where we have delicious scones and coffee. Amen to coffee. (laughs) Amen to coffee. And in this episode, we are going to talk about communication in the local church, communication channels. We hope to get into all of the ways that... um, clergy leadership communicates to and with their congregation. Yeah, before we break into that, just a few little updates on us. Uh, We've been gone for, oh, a month because we're slackers. Uh, and life happens. I don't know about you, dude. I have not been slacking. No, you haven't been sleeping, though. I have not been sleeping. I sleep a little. I, A sweet baby was placed with my husband and I, and so we have, she's now 11 weeks old. Yes. So she came to us when she was three weeks old, and um, that's what I've been doing for eight weeks. I've been on maternity leave. Congratulations, congratulations. Um, My wife and I haven't had maternity leave, but we've been traveling quite a bit for different ministry experiences and such, and uh, those will probably inform later conversations, but it's been a busy summer, and we're ready for kind of the school year to start, normality to kick back in, and church to be normal again. Get back into it. so, So let's get back into it. All right. We're going to talk about communications, like you said. So one of the things that's fascinating to me is that you got your PhD and you have... Demon. Uh, demon. <laughs> sorry. As clergy, we're slackers. We get the junior league doctorate. Yeah, uh, but we our <laughs> master's degree is 90 hours. I know, I know. Um, I remember it all yeah. too well. <laughs> um, but you have an awesome title for your dissertation. It was communication channels in a millennial-based new church start. What on earth does that mean? (laughs) Well, uh, as you might know, while Eric serves a very traditional and small town United Methodist Church, I have, yeah, I have the fun of having started a church from scratch. And 87% of my congregation is between the ages of 18 and 45. Wow. Yeah. So I had to figure out how to communicate with them, and I decided to do my research on that. Awesome. So you double-dipped. you got to do your research for your degree while doing your job. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way to do that degree. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, what does that look like? How do you like think about communication and... Uh, how do we do that and talk about it and think about it in a way that doesn't put all of us to sleep? <laughs> well, it sounds so glamorous to talk about a millennial-based new church start, and you think that all I'm going to talk about is social media and ways to connect in that way, but I wanted to back up and mm-hmm. actually, rather than assume how my congregation preferred to communicate, ask them. And regardless of where anyone is located, I think that's the most important thing, is to just listen to your people, find out how they communicate. I sent a simple survey via email, and I asked things like, um, what channels of communication do you use on a daily basis? And then I gave options, including email or Facebook or texting and um, all the different ways, and then let them tell me. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I have to tell you this. Yes. So, I decided to start with an email survey, not knowing the response I'd get at the time. 
we had just under 100 people in the church. For it to be statistically appropriate, I needed 25% of the church to respond to me. So I sent an email to 50 people, hoping half of them would respond. I, uh, 52 people responded. (laughs) Not only did everyone who got the email respond, a couple of them asked a spouse or a friend to respond also. So I got more than 100% of my surveys back. Now, do you think that's because you were in a new church and people were passionate and excited about what you're doing, or did you just get, like, the luckiest (laughs) group of people ever? Well, everyone, when they want... When they know you want to know how they communicate, they want to tell you. That's super cool. And I don't know. The professors who I was working with said that that never happened. So they were kind of blown away. And right from the get-go, I learned, okay, these people respond to email. Yeah. That, That was one of my top learnings. Even if they told me email wasn't their favorite, I... I know that they respond to email. Yeah, the number of people that tell me that email is dead for millennial, just, that's surprising. That's awesome. Yes, yes. Gives me hope for my smartphone. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and uh, it may not be people's favorite mode of communication, but it is one that's used. And what I've learned is um, as people, maybe when they're in college, email's not their favorite, Mm -hmm. but by the time you're 25 in a job, you have to check email anyway. Even if you don't like it, you use it. Yeah, it's still part of your daily life. It's part of your daily life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So whether you have the giant circle of death next to your email box <laughs> that has 10,000 something emails unread, like my wife, or oh, zero, no. um, you do check your email. Oh, I'm one of those people that keeps my, my inbox either empty. If I have got something in my inbox, it's a to-do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Man, following maternity leave, that inbox is longer than I want it to be. Yeah. Oh, I can only imagine. I, yeah. I just had a short vacation and I still hated it. <laughs> if you haven't heard back from me on email, that's why. I've had a baby in my arms. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, how do we communicate in church to the people we want to communicate with. How do you find that effective? How do you, okay, well, first of all, I feel like regardless of what congregation you're in, a quick survey, whether that's on paper or via email mm-hmm. or just asking a number of people on a Sunday morning and then really listen to what they say to you. Uh, so regardless, if you're in a church that um, if a bulletin and a newsletter is really how everyone gets their information, great keep doing that there's no reason not to for me the the biggest learning was to be intentional Uh, so once a year we analyze how we're communicating and then decide if it's still the best way awesome so if you're intentional one of the things that i think that happens and is born out of intentionality is the ability to uh, set direction set focus and then create actionable steps so build a plan is kind of what follows behind so what does your plan look like for um, reaching millennials in a new church start Mm -hmm. um, in the current context that you've got well first of all let me say that at the top of my to-do list following maternity leave is to create a new communication plan yes (laughs) so even though this is what I researched it is not I still need to implement it in a more excellent 
way. Right. So part of building a plan should always have action step number like yes. three, rebuild the plan. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, a weekly email is something that we want to do. And it was interesting for me to be out eight weeks how quickly I felt disconnected mm. from my church. So my own church that I'm the lead pastor of. So I I didn't want to inundate people with emails, but I feel like a couple emails a week, like, oh, that would have kept me in the loop. Yeah. So there's learning uh, number one for me. Um, the other thing I've been doing, Facebook is obviously a way that we communicate. Uh, maybe that's not obvious. It's not the total answer, though. It's only one form. Right. So it doesn't mean, oh, you have young adults, be on Facebook. Well, maybe, maybe not. Recently, I analyzed how much of my church, which is people of all ages, but how much of my church is actually active on Facebook, and honestly, it's only 50%. Okay. Now, that 50% that is active is very active, so Facebook will be one of the places we are active but it can't be the only place right so you need different channels different avenues of reaching mm-hmm. people so email uh, weekly email keeping oh this is also in a millennial based new church start the website's only important for um someone considering coming so it's got to be good I'm half time all my staff are half time we don't have a webmaster so our website is mediocre at best but updated right yeah yeah when we think about all the channels and all the ways that people communicate and absorb information uh, one of the things I think is important that I've witnessed is that it be accurate information yeah the the almost how pretty it is is less important now I know I love a pretty website I would love that and I actually had a beautiful website created it was great I couldn't change it yeah we it was coded in a way that I couldn't get in there and update it so we went for fine looking updatable if I could have both that would be ideal yeah but uh, I picked up updated over beautiful yeah cool whatever yeah i mean it can't look like it's from like geo cities 1990 (laughs) no it looks fine uh, we use wordpress and you can download church templates and that's kind of cheating um but it it works for us all right so we've talked about facebook and we've talked about email uh, as primary channels, but what about some of the old school channels? Do you, in a millennial church, you know, do you talk to people on the phone, or do you just like embed them with chips and scan them <laughs> and send them messages? Do you? We don't embed people with chips, but they do have an app that they can download and have on their phones, Great. and that is one way we connect with people. What that also does is I've got the church directory on my phone. I can text or call someone or email them very easily using that uh, app. Awesome. Uh, Using the administrative functions of that app. Um, It's very helpful. The people can actually um, give money through that app, check their kids into Sunday school, check into church. We don't pass an attendance pad. They check in on their app. So we definitely use technology. Um, however, in my research, Sherry Turkle was one of the people who I uh, read a lot of. 
listened to her TED talk. Um, she wrote a book called Alone Together. Yeah. And um, that, so that's what technology can do, right? It can separate us. Uh, Eric and I are sitting here face to face, even though we are surrounded by one, two, three, four devices. So we use all of this, but we needed to do this face to face. And um, there, all those old school forms of communication actually have a higher um, impact because there's less used now. Yeah. So tell me about like some of those old school things, like phone calls and mail and notes and stuff like that how do you use those in your church um we try to and of course we could do more of this do a lot of handwritten notes it's so fun to get mail it's unique to get mail um if someone turns in a prayer request there's someone from the prayer team of course we pray then we send a note we try to send notes of thanks to people, notes of encouragement, and we could always do more notes. Yeah. Um, we have also found a phone call to be surprisingly effective. Even if it means leaving a voicemail, it means so much to people to get a phone call from their pastor. Kind of in, a, in an old school way, you may have dropped by the person's house for home visits that Parsons did. and Ooh, I'm so glad people do that these days. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, my people would freak out if I showed up at their door. Oh yeah. Like, don't show I've... up at their door. <laughs> In some places, that's probably still really important. In my setting, it is not. Yeah, I, the number of people I see in my neighborhood, because I've got kind of a younger neighborhood that mm-hmm. I live in, um, after church, I don't think they expect a pastor to drop by, guessing by like the clothes they're wearing and yeah. uh, the priorities that they're setting. Uh, so if I came and knocked on the door and they opened it in their underwear, it might not be great. <laughs> like someone has to be dying before you right. do that. And I, and I would do it, yeah. but uh, a phone call, a handwritten note, yeah. really powerful forms of communication. Yeah, because I think you get the sense that somebody desires to be in your presence, desires to hear your voice, mm-hmm. know you a little bit more, but um, I think with some of our current culture's sensitivities around personal space, uh, the invasion of the personal space that most people feel like um, when somebody shows up at their house, I think is lessened. So a phone yes. call is way into someone's house without yeah. knocking on their door and feeling invasive. Yeah, and they can let it go to voicemail, but yeah. they know you care. Yeah. They yeah. can control a little bit of that interaction, but they still get you. Yeah. Even though everyone will tell you they hate the phone, <laughs> they do not call people, they don't like calling people, receiving a voicemail from a pastor is still a special thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just real quick on the, the hard mail thing, I love that you send handwritten uh, mm-hmm. prayer notes. Um, mm-hmm. I need to absorb that. Uh, <laughs> I need to send more thank you notes to people. Yeah. That's what I need to improve. Because people are doing things all the time. And I see it, and I appreciate them. I need to actually set aside an hour a week to do nothing but in handwritten notes. Yeah, I actually use technology, but the same app that you were talking uh-huh. about. I've got a little schedule on it. It reminds me and sends me a block of names to write thank yous to. Really? So, yeah. Okay. So get creative. Use your technology <laughs> to let you go old school and yeah. <laughs> make a personal yeah, connection. Yeah, exactly. So, um, communication in this, this newer world where you've got this mix of new and old 
uh, communication going on. How do you have the difficult conversations with people? How do you make sure the communication is done well at critical and important junctures like that? Uh, One of the questions I asked in the survey was um, if someone had ever been misunderstood in uh, an instant messaging, Facebook messaging, or text messaging conversation. Never, never. And 100% of people said that they had been misunderstood. And then people just had funny stories. Sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's heartbreaking. Um, We all have those stories. So at the end of the day, if a more difficult conversation needs to take place, or maybe it's not difficult, maybe it's just important mm-hmm. um, maybe someone needs to share their story and you get to be the one to listen face to face is um, what is best and I like I said I'm half time um, so everyone who's on staff or leadership position uh, we have kind of a number of face-to-face conversations we commit to every week based on people's um, positions we have a different number like you should do at least three a week I should do at least however many that fluctuates based on the season of the year and uh, then we just make sure those face-to-face conversations are always happening that's awesome that you have a going back to your plan idea you have a plan for communication that involves face-to-face conversations and we hold each other accountable to how many we'll have a week because we all mean to it's important to all of us it's just that um the task list can get so long that that can fall off well i didn't have time to sit down and have coffee with eric so it didn't happen instead we put it on our task list and hold each other accountable and always we wish we could do more yeah and to me this is cool because this is communication affecting your i would say both evangelism and discipleship processes most likely and care yeah and your care and And then just getting to know people right heck you get to know people you find out um what their needs are what their skills are what their passions are and then that informs even sermon topics uh what small groups we need to offer all of it yeah so instead of looking at communications maybe as one of the last things on a priority list, below sermon writing, below um, who knows what else you're actually doing in your office. Uh, <laughs> having the, the external communication plan, to me, from what you're saying, sounds like it could be the difference maker in the vital so. congregation steps that you take to, to make a new millennial church start growing. Yeah, and any age church. You know, um, my mom and dad are in a church that uh, would be considered a small town, older church. There's still the weekly newsletter, or the monthly newsletter, but I said to my parents, do you get an e-newsletter? No. Do you, I know you guys read email. My parents both work for universities. They've been reading email since before. Yeah, (laughs) like since the late 80s. And no, there's no communication via email because we're an old church. Well, I said, do your friends all have email? Our friends all, they're in their 60s, 70s, 80s. All of them have email. Yeah. So I don't know that it's just because you're in a new church start, mean, or a younger church, means you should use other avenues. Honestly, it's more complicated. I, You know what I haven't done is use Snapchat. I'm just not, I'm 
I know all of our college students, that is what they're on. Um, but they use it to let each other know where they are and what they're doing. And sometimes that's even doing church things. Yeah, so some of your intentionality, though, with communications, to me, sounds like you also have the freedom to let people make their own executive decisions on their communication methods. And you don't, I would say, bind yourself to say, I have to do this when that's not your native spot. Exactly, um, exactly. Yeah. And I, I got off Facebook for Lent. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Oh, yeah. I loved it. It was amazing. Um, I'm not in love with... I don't, I'm not in love with Facebook. Oh, I know. Um, however, it's something that we have to do. So I pick a time of day that I get on. Now, what I have to let people know is I'm not going to see it. Just because they post something, I'm not going to see it. So that's the communication the congregation has to do back with the church leadership. How... Um, if someone had a relative who passed away or uh, they were going to have surgery or something serious, they need to find a way to communicate that with us. Right. And, uh, you know, actually, I can't talk about it yet. This maybe will be a month from now, but we're getting ready to um, be the beta test for um, an organization that does caring type websites and we're the faith faith based beta test so we may have a plan for communication communicating our care needs awesome yeah it gets launched on september 24th if you're hope church you'll get to hear about it we have the ceo of um what friends do coming to be interviewed during the sermon and she's gonna help us create uh a care system for our church. That's amazing. That's, yeah. To me, it sounds like uh, some of the points that you've been giving for this communication in a new church context world uh, is the intentionality, the building of a plan, the... Executing, which is, me and I can have a hundred ideas. I'm sure if my congregation was listening to this, they'd be like, oh my gosh, she needs to actually do what she knows she needs to do. <laughs> Well, yes, have a plan and then execute your plan. But part of your plan is learning about your people, actually uh-huh. listening. So actually instead of, listening. Instead of just communicating outward, let it, communication go both ways a little yes. bit. Yes, yes. And rely on that in many ways. Yes. And then don't assume. Uh, don't yeah. assume that just because someone's young, they're using a particular mode of yes. communication. Yes, For instance, we have a very large employer in this community, and... Um, People are instant messaging each other all day long Mm -hmm. if they work at the corporate headquarters. Um, When I did interviews with people, what I found out is some people said to me, well, I'm on instant message all day at work, so that has become like a second language to me. I'm most comfortable with that. Other people said to me, I'm required to use this at work. I do not like it and I don't want to use it in my personal time. So it was really interesting. Uh, oh, here's the other thing. Those 52 surveys that came back, I asked first what people use. Second, what their favorite modes of communication yes. were. And of the 52 people, there were 46 different answers. <laughs> if you looked at first and second favorite 
so to just know absolutely everyone communicates their favorite way to communicate is different or I said preferred mode of communication yeah everyone has a different mode doesn't matter their age doesn't matter where they work everyone has a different mode that's their preferred right and so part of communicating is receiving that information and then being willing as a pastor to meet somebody where they are and yeah and as best as you as can as best you can but also know you're I can't I can't create 46 communication plans based on 46 different preferred modes so you kind of have to do the best you can do no it's not going to be best for some but you yep you just have to go for it yep and make sure that at least along the way you've tried to communicate that you've tried to communicate (laughs) (laughs) and you know that thing of you have to say things seven times in seven ways Yep. So it might go on Facebook. It, there may be a verbal announcement, though. That is not something we do much of. A lot of churches, that's a big deal. We try not to do much of that. Um, as a slide. It might be in an email. It might be in an email to everyone in the church and then personal emails. There might be a group of people, a, a Facebook group created. I mean, if we really want everyone in the church to know about something, we have to find multiple ways to do that we don't besides those handwritten notes we don't spend any money on um, stamps oh good for you (laughs) so (laughs) or limited administrative time creating email uh, newsletters or even bulletins so that's kind of nice good for you awesome (laughs) are you jealous i'm jealous well congratulations on the new church yeah and uh, can't wait to hear more all right we'll catch you guys on the next one